Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, and joining me at the King Power Stadium today is Jordan Blackwell. Afternoon, Rob. Uh, we've just uh, attended Brendan Rodgers' pre-match press conference ahead of the trip to Huddersfield Town, already down Huddersfield Town uh, on Saturday. That rhymes, Jordan. <laughs> and uh, first off, as usual, we'll kick off with the team news, uh, Jordan. And not so much new injuries, but um, just catching up with some of the boys that have been out for a while now. Yeah, there's no fresh injury concerns. That's um, just the, the two long-term absentees, Albrighton and Amate, but we've got an update on those. We've seen that Albrighton's back in training. He's been sort of training and he's been working with sports science staff over the recent weeks. Uh, today, Thursday, was his first training session back in the first team squad. Um, so he's, you know, he's now on that, the final part of his comeback, if you like. Um, Rogers again said that he's looking at maybe using him between now and the end of the season. Um, Amate, not quite so much progress. Um, he's struggling a little bit, it seems, in terms of his. It, it just, uh, it's just a bit slower, but it was a more serious injury, obviously, with his ankle surgery last October. Um, so he's one that may not make it back before the end of the season, but Rogers says he's, he's working hard. Um, and obviously, the, coming back from a, a serious ankle break is going to take time. So, no fresh injury concerns, but uh, that doesn't mean he hasn't got um, some selection mm. decisions to make. And even though they've got three wins on the bounce now for for Rogers, and uh, they've got a bit of momentum going, there is a, a head scratcher for him, and one he'll welcome, I, I would imagine, because it's an indication of how well his side is performing. Harry Maguire, the new dad. Who yeah. was um, left out? Well, he had to wasn't left out. He was suspended for the uh, the game against Bournemouth because of his red card against Burnley. And in his absence, where's Morgan come in and carried on his recent good form, scoring in back to back games for the first time in his career? It's a tough one for him now. What what does he do? Does he bring Maguire back in and drop Morgan out, which would seem quite harsh? But also. Maguire is widely considered his best defender, so it's a bit of a tough decision. It is very, very difficult. I'm debating this after after the game at Bournemouth, where you're potentially looking at Maguire being worth a, a world record fee for a defender, but you're also considering if he's good enough to get into Leicester's starting lineup. So yeah, there's there's certain questions there. I think, given maybe the upset to not necessarily upset, but uh, you know, it's it's new for Maguire being a new dad. Uh, you know, maybe there's he's getting less sleep than he than he has been. I I think Rogers will use that as a as a reason to maybe reintroduce Maguire a little bit more slowly. And I think we may see him on the bench on Saturday. I think Evans and Morgan have formed a a good partnership. Um, we saw it previously in sort of November December time when Maguire was out with an injury that uh, Morgan and Evans played really well together. Uh, I think Morgan seems to Morgan seems to be more comfortable when he's he's got a more static de- partner. I think when we saw with Huth, he was Morgan was very good, but because Maguire, you know, likes to likes to take the ball forward, that occasionally leaves Morgan isolated a little bit and on his own at the back. Uh, but Evans doesn't really do that, but and so that sort of it's a it's a it's a more solid partnership. Um, as you say, they kept a clean sheet against a very good Bournemouth team on um, on Saturday. Other than that one save Schmeichel had to make, you wouldn't really say Bournemouth had that many chances. It was very comfortable for Leicester. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a tricky one. Um, and I'm not sure we would have been saying this at the start of the season. But, yes, I think I would pick Evans and Morgan and leave Maguire on the bench. Why are we not t- discussing whether Johnny Evans would be left out? 
Do you think? Oh, I, I, well, I think recently Johnny Evans has been Leicester's best defender. I think you can see he makes everything look so easy. Um, I think we we didn't quite see it at the start of the season, um, but I, I think recently he's more than merited his place in the, the starting lineup. And I would say now that in terms of all round defensive ability, he is the he is the best defender at the club. He had a, a, a little ropey period, didn't he, in the first half at Burnley? But then the second half, he was outstanding at Turf Moor, wasn't he? When the ten men were under siege. Yeah, I think you know we've seen in the last two games really that that they don't necessarily need to do the the ball playing side of of, um, of being a centre back because Leicester have done a lot of bit better a lot better with that and Tiedemans is dropping back and Madison's coming a little bit deeper to collect the ball so really their main job is the defensive part and we've seen over the last two games how good Evans and Morgan are at that and behind them Cashmer Michael who's coming for some praise today uh, from Brendan Rogers saying that uh, he's even better than he thought he was before he comes to the club. Yeah, I think there's. Um, I think everybody knows that Schmeichel is a very good shot stopper. I think some of the um, some of the saves he can make, some of the the reflex saves he can make. I think that the save from Wilson at the weekend was his best save in a while. Um, but it's often debated about Schmeichel's distribution. I know some fans say that he's not not the best at it, and occasionally it gets Leicester in trouble. As we saw the um, the game at Watford when Andre Gray's last minute winner that uh, came from a, a, a poor Schmeichel kick out, but today Rogers was saying his, his distribution is wonderful and he's saying that, you know he's got a, he's, it's great to know that he's got a goalkeeper that can play every pass he wants him to, um, and that's you know his distribution is making him an important player. Um, so it's clear that Rogers rates that side of his game because I think we've seen over this season in particular the importance of having a goalkeeper who can play the ball out I think certainly Alisson and Edison have made that clear that they're the, they're the new modern keeper and I suppose it's about Schmeichel trying to keep up with those two It's almost total total football isn't it <laughs> yeah. I mean we used to talk about the change from you know having a head on a stick as a centre half he used to just belt the ball up the pitch and then the transformation to centre halves being able to play and, and bring the ball out of defence and stroke it around a bit like the Continentals have been doing for decades and we've we've had that for a number of years now with Rio Ferdinand, and now we're talking about goalkeepers being able to do the same. When are we going to see a goalkeeper racing out the area with the ball and taking people on? Uh, you know, where does it where does it stop? But yeah, yeah I see what he's he's saying about his distribution. Although sometimes it's frustrating, it brings uh, groans from the crowd when he doesn't pick out his man and it goes sail straight out of play, and he can put teammates under pressure. But that's how Rogers wants to play. That's how a lot of the managers want to play these days, and they're quite happy for. For, for those mistakes to happen because long term you know they feel that's the best way to, to start an attack even from the goalkeeper we're going to talk about goalkeepers being playmakers now yeah I think I think it makes sense that that's the style of play you want to play you don't want to you don't want to give the ball away essentially you want to keep the ball you're more likely to score and the opposition are less likely to if you've got the ball um, and so having a goalkeeper that is confident enough to you know pick out fullbacks and and or play it short to centre backs or whatever, um, it, it it's probably the right approach to take. Well, we're talking about playmakers, and Leicester City have got one. They've found him. He's on loan. Hopefully, City can do a deal to make it a permanent in the summer. Euro Tillemans, I'm, I'm talking about, of course, on loan from Monaco. Really impressed for City in recent games and. Well, since he started at the at the club, hasn't he? He's, he's impressed. I remember his first touch as a City player at Tottenham was woeful that first first game, and after that, it's just been steady progress. And he looks a natural uh, for the Premier League, prompting lots of speculation about not only City being interested in signing him, 
Uh, but several other clubs, including Tottenham and Man United, apparently, reportedly, so um, this week. Um, but Tiedemans has done an interview this morning, Jordan. I know you've been looking at some of his quotes. What's he said? Um, he said a lot of what he said before, certainly about his future, that he's in no rush to make a decision, that he'll consider all his options uh, in the summer, um, which you can you can guess that you know that's probably a sensible thing for him to do because I'm sure he will have lots of options. But he also said that he's uh, he's very happy at Leicester, he's enjoying it, uh, and he thinks he can be part of something great at Leicester. Uh, you know, with the with the development of the new training ground and um, the new stadium, uh, or the development of the stadium and the, the the attacking football that they're playing under Rogers. So everything he said about being at Leicester is fairly positive and and, um, and optimistic for the future and it seems like he's looking beyond the summer in terms of uh, being at Leicester but he does keep saying he's going to consider his options and it makes sense for him to do that given that there will be lots of clubs interested I mean he's come in he's played seven games and he's played at least very well in all of them sometimes he's been excellent um, the fact that he's been invi- involved in five goals in his last five games is, is brilliant too um, so I think Leicester could have a battle on their hands, but having this period at Leicester, where he's obviously enjoying himself, will help Leicester a lot. I think in terms of their their bid to to bring him here permanently. That's the biggest hint, though, he's given yet as to what he would like to see happen in the summer. Whether that actually materialises, and when he gets other those other options do materialise, because there obviously is a lot of chat in the media about speculation, links, and stuff like that, and a lot of it's nonsense, but. Um, I would be surprised if uh, Leicester City don't face competition to, to sign the lad. But that's, that's encouraging for Leicester fans to hear that, that um, he feels he can do something special at Leicester City. I mean, he's obviously feeling at home here now and uh, and settled into this squad. And I think that's what puts Leicester City a little bit into the pole position. Obviously, if a Barcelona comes in, it changes the dynamic completely, or even a Man United. Um, but the fact he's here, he's integrated, he's getting on with the, the staff, he knows the staff, he knows the team, he knows he's welcomed by the club. There's none of that, uh, you know, well, unease about going into a new environment. He's already here. Yeah, and also I think he seems like the sort of person that that his, he sort of raises happiness above all. He's, he doesn't seem like the sort of player that's, you know, chasing the money or anything like that. He seems very level-headed. I mean, we've spoken before that although he's only 21 because he's been playing top-level football for five years, it seems like he's a lot older. Um, he certainly did. I sat down with him not that long ago and had, had a conversation with him. I certainly didn't feel like I was talking to a, a naive 21-year-old who's just starting out in the game. The guy's made over 250 senior appearances and seemed very measured and grounded and he's got his young family as well with him and uh, he seems a very level-headed lad. Yeah, I think uh, there were some quotes from uh, Rashid Gazelle talking about him in... Um, uh, in France over the uh, international break and he was saying how because he knew him from being at Monaco together that he was going to help Tiedemans to, to adjust when he came over but he said he tried to help him but couldn't because he, Tiedemans was so organised and had you know everything so set in his life uh, that he didn't need to help him adjust that he just adjusted straight away and you know he's already got a, already got a good command of English as well um, so yeah I think everything is promising from that point of view there's the bonus of Silver as well Silver's been doing very well at Monaco they've been rating him very highly um, I think the, he was suspended for the last game and it was the first game they've lost since he moved on loan there um, you know when he wasn't playing so I think that you know it, he's made an impact there playing alongside Fabregas 
So everything's kind of settling into place, and I'm sure Leicester fans will be feeling fairly optimistic that they can convince Tielemans to stay. Well, Tielemans said something about the training ground there being one of the reasons why it's exciting for the future. Brendan Rodgers has said the same today. Uh, now, the club have uh, released images of the work that's been done, and they've done a video as well. Um, down at Seagrave, the, uh, the old Park Hill Golf Club, 180-acre site. Um, it does seem to be gathering momentum now. And it, and it's, it's interesting to me because if, so, if I was choosing a, a place to, to, to go to, to work, a, another newspaper perhaps, I don't think I'd ever think about the building in which I'd be working as being one of the factors. But it is for footballers. It's where they do majority of their work. It's the environment they go to every day. It's... Um, Interesting how how much stock they place on this training round. Yeah, and also for Rogers as well. I think he seems to suggest that he's one of his big things is developing players, and if he's got a facility uh, and the technology to be able to do that better, then that's going to be great for him. And he's you know he said that when he when he came that that, that was one of the factors, and he's uh, sort of reinforced that today. Um, so yeah, I think it does make a big difference because I think uh, obviously Rogers saying he wants to improve the players. The players want to improve themselves, and I think they realise that playing in, uh, playing at a, a training ground that that has the ability and the, the facilities to, to help them, will make them better players, um, better golf players as well. So it's got <laughs> nine holes of golf course on the side as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that helps as well. Yeah. Uh, let's finally let's talk about Huddersfield because it is a, a bit of an interesting one going to uh, John Smith Stadium. They're already down. There's no pressure on them now. It could go one of two ways, couldn't it, between now and the end of the season. They would suddenly go on a burst of form to set themselves up for next season and everybody would be going, oh, if only they'd shown this bit of form early in the season, they would have survived. Or they'll just slack it off now for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's difficult. I think we've seen in the past that clubs have improved after they've, um, after they've been relegated because of that pressure. But normally that's clubs that have underperformed, that have got decent players, but just it just hasn't worked that season. But you can't. Although I know they've not got many points, but you can't really say that Huddersfield have underperformed that much, given that you know they're clearly the the weakest club financially in the in the division. They've, you would say quite comfortably that they've got the the weakest squad. So what happened was they just massively overachieved last season. Um, so you, I don't think we'll quite see the. I don't think we'll quite see the change around that we. Occasionally, see under the teams that have been relegated. I think, unfortunately for them, they're just not good enough. Yeah, um, they've had no goal scorers of those season. They've no, just found no goals. Yeah, so. Mounier scored a couple for them last season, but he's he's been you know he's been in and out and side. And he's had a few injuries. Mm. You know. Depotra scored against City at John Smith last season and turned uh, Maguire didn't he? And got yeah. into and he's not, he's not scored a single goal this season. Yeah. Aaron Moy has been injured for a bit this season. He seemed to be their their big player. Uh, I know Philip Billing played very well for them in the first half of the season, but it's gone off the boil. So I think there's, yeah, it's clearly not worked for them. Uh, and you would you would say, looking at the squad, it is a it is a championship squad. Uh, unfortunately for them. Um, so yes, I think it should be a game that Leicester should win. I think when Leicester played Huddersfield at home uh, back in September, I think it was, uh, I would have said that they were the weakest team Leicester had played, and I think other than the game against Fulham a couple of weeks ago I think Huddersfield is still down there as, as one of the weakest teams Leicester have played so yes I think Leicester will, will head to, to Huddersfield looking at three points and it's a great opportunity to put pressure on Wolves and Watford in that race for seventh as well because obviously they've uh, got their minds elsewhere at Wembley for their FA Cup mm-hmm. semi-final 
over the weekend, so it's a great opportunity for City as well. That's an extra incentive. Yeah, and I think it's important that Leicester actually do that and put the pressure on and get the points now because of their final three games of the season against Manchester City, Chelsea and Arsenal. You know, you can't really expect Leicester to pick pick up too many points then given that one of those teams is battling for the title the other two are battling for the top four. Um, so these next three games against Huddersfield, uh, Newcastle and West Ham, they're going to be the key games. Leicester really need to be in seventh place, I would say, ahead of the final three games of the season. So they've got to take three points this weekend. Well, it's going to be an interesting game on Saturday. Um, join us on Leicestershire Live. We'll have a live blog. Jordan will be manning the blog, making sure you don't miss a thing of what's going on, on and off the pitch. Um, whether you're using an illegal streaming <laughs> channel, which you shouldn't do to watch the game, you won't, you'll won't. you still miss things that are going on in the stands, which Jordan will keep you abreast of. And uh, I'll be bringing you all the reaction and my verdict as well on what could be another eventful afternoon for Leicester City as Brendan Rodgers' new era continues. Uh, join us again next time on Dilly Ding Dilly.